Welcome to the audiobook speakeasy. I'm Rich Miller, and I'm your host here at the speakeasy. This is where you'll meet narrators, coaches, engineers, and other audiobook professionals, as well as some listeners who'll be sharing what they look for in a good audiobook. If you're interested in audiobook production, you've come to the right place. So come on in, grab a drink, pull up a chair, and join us for a friendly chat about audiobooks. My guest tonight has been here before, almost four years ago. Yikes. Back when he and his then-co-worker, Kelly Lytle, stopped in to discuss the relatively recent introduction of Findaway Voices to the Findaway family. Will Degas, thanks for coming back into the speakeasy. Thanks for having me, Rich. It's great to be here, and I, too, can't believe that was almost four years ago. Isn't that Seems amazing? Seems like the blink of an eye. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I looked it up to find out because I thought, well, I know that was back when I first started this. Ep- when when was that again? And I saw and I thought, four years. Holy cow. That's uh, that, that was a bit of a bit of a shock. That was that was also one of the first podcasts I ever did. Oh, no that kidding. That was really my. Yeah. And, and I've done, I don't know a hundred since then. <laughs> you know, I've been on a, a lot and done a lot of speaking and stuff since then, but uh, what a great first experience to break into the podcast uh, guest world, I guess. Well, I'm glad you have fond memories. I know that you've been doing a lot of speaking lately. I know that you guys are uh, pretty active on Clubhouse these days. That is, Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. One more platform that I just, I'm having such a hard time doing more and more and more on the social media side. I have not gotten into Clubhouse, but I have heard many good things about it. So one of these days I'll, I'll have to check it out. It, it really feels like the social media network that was built for narrators. Yeah, <laughs> right? I, could, I could totally like, see that, yeah. It is so voice first and and so focused on the sound of your voice and the, the, the conversation that doesn't have, you don't have to worry about the video, you don't have to worry about anything else. Right. And no chat or anything, it's just focused on voice. And it's, I, I think that's why there's such a strong narrator community on Clubhouse. And they were one of the first Clubhouses that I was ever in, like, way back when, early when, like, you couldn't get an invite, mm-hmm. was with yeah. narrators. Narrators were the first ones in. Huh. It's an innovative bunch. They're they're always on it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back into the speakeasy, this being a speakeasy. What are you drinking tonight, Will? Well, I, it's, so it's four o'clock here, so I'm still on the clock, and I'm going to be responsible. I'm drinking tea. I and I'm actually drinking, like, a, uh, a special tea that's meant for narrators. We worked with uh, a local tea shop in Cleveland, where we are called Soma Tea to develop uh, a voice blend tea that has a whole bunch of, of things that help keep your voice strong. So anytime I'm doing one of these <laughs> recordings and I need to make sure that I, my voice doesn't fade after an hour, you know, I'm not as conditioned as a, a professional narrator to talk for hours on end. I make sure that I'm sipping on this to stay strong. Well, I'm not sure when you worked with Soma to come up with that, but on our episode almost four years ago, you were also drinking a tea that was specially designed for the throat. So it's I'm, the same one. I'm and it guessing, was brand new then. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it was, uh, I was guessing it was the same one. That's, uh, that's very cool that you have that partnership. You didn't go into the details about it at the time, but, um, to be able to work with somebody locally, that's, uh, that's always cool to come up with something that would be helpful. Yeah, it's great. And it makes a nice little gift when we want to like scratch the back of a narrator or something. We have, you know, we have some mugs that are specially branded and to include a little packet of uh, specially de- designed tea with it is a uh, is a nice little nice little thing. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, remember, do, what are you drinking tonight, Rich? So tonight I am having a spicy paloma. Um, a paloma is a tequila drink, uh, a little tequila, some grapefruit soda, and uh, lime juice. And uh, Fever Tree puts out a great grapefruit soda, best best I've had. I used to be a big squirt fan, and um, 
And they put out, uh, Fever Tree puts out a, a great tonic and a lot of different flavors of tonic for classic gin and tonics and, and flavored mm-hmm. gin and tonics. And when they came out with a grapefruit soda, I thought, oh, I got to try that. And I love it. I think it's fantastic. And uh, for my birthday this year, my wife got me some uh, infusion kits from a company called In Booze. And basically, you you just steep one of their pre put together things of, of various different dried fruits and in this case, dried jalapeno and, and spices and stuff. And you, you let it sit for about three days and then you have an infusion. So one of the ones that she gave me was, they call it the spicy margarita. And I thought, oh, that sounds great. So I got some Casamigos uh, Blanco tequila and uh, put it into a mason jar and I steeped it for three days. And then I tried it and the top of my head just about came off. It was way (laughs) spicier than I expected for, I think it was just one dried jalapeno. I mean, it wasn't even like a ghost pepper or an habanero or anything super spicy, but it was the the tequila just came out really, really spicy. And I thought, well, this is great, but uh, drinking this straight is going to be difficult for more than just a sip. So uh, got some fever tree grapefruit and uh, and made a, paloma, a spicy paloma, and I thought it was great. So that's what I'm having today. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Th- what what a journey to get to that drink, too. Yeah. You know, you like- <laughs> <laughs> the kits are pretty cool. She got me that and a, uh, a specific type of old-fashioned. I can't remember what it was now. And uh, uh, there was one other one. Uh, it, was, it was a vodka infusion to make a specific type of Moscow mule. But I, I found it. It was surprisingly bitter, so I haven't haven't loved that one. But the spicy tequila, I, w- I would definitely do that again. Just not really for drinking straight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm having. As I recall, when uh, when you and and um, Kelly were on on the podcast the last time, we talked a little bit about Watershed Distillery, and uh, they have a they had a, um, a citrus gin and some some whiskeys. I looked them up, and unfortunately, at the time, and I think still, they were not distributing this far west. Um, are they still in business do you know they are yeah uh, they're still doing great stuff and rich the only the only solution here is you got to come visit us in cleveland sometime. <laughs> that sounds like a great solution <laughs> one of these days when i'm comfortable getting on planes again i yeah. uh, i just took my first flight last weekend and uh i or i was going to take my first flight last weekend i ended up getting sick and uh ended up driving to la instead it was a oh it was a very stressful turnaround weekend but um but I'm I'm still, even though I understand that planes are actually, for the most part, very well monitored and um, and are are keeping keeping things um, well regulated and clean. Uh, it's still just traveling in general. I'm just like eh, I'm just not ready for that yet. Yeah, I hear you. I hear so, you. anyway, it's a Paloma tonight. Thanks for the the word on Watershed Distillery. I'll definitely look them up again and and see if they're uh, distributing farther west at this point. And someday I will definitely come out there and check them out in person. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Will. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So uh, for anybody who's listening, uh, if you haven't yet listened to episode 12, way back almost four years ago, please do. You can get some of uh, some of Will's background and uh, hear about Kelly, too. I know that Kelly left uh, probably, what, two, three years ago now? Yeah, about two years ago. Yeah, so um, had a had a great conversation with you guys at the time. So uh, if anybody wants to hear some some of Will's background, please do uh, have a listen to episode twelve. Uh, I think we're going to go straight to what's going on right now, if that's all right with you. Yeah, I, I think it. I, I should have gone back and listened to that episode ahead of time because it was <laughs> it was so early. I remember 
I, or at least I vaguely remember, I guess I could be proven wrong on this, but I, I think you were asking questions about like, hey, we still have to email you to change our rates. Like, when is that going to change? <laughs> and, and thinking about just, you know, the technology and the platform and how far we've come in the last four years, it's night and day. Yeah, you know? Find like Away Voices was very new at the time. I remember that at the APAC uh, the year prior, 2017, uh, I, I met several people from Find Away. That's how I, I knew of you was from APAC. And I think that it actually, that Find A Way Voices had, hadn't actually launched at that APAC, and it did within a month or two after that. I could be getting that backwards, but... No, that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, so um, so it was it was very new back in February of 2018. So I'm, I'm sure there have been many, many changes. Uh, any Anything you want to kind of uh, run down before we get into Marketplace, which is, I, I know, the, the, the big focus today... Um, any specific changes at Findaway Voices you want to discuss? Yeah, well, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Marketplace because that's that's definitely the most interesting thing, and we've been putting a lot of lot of work into it. Mm -hmm. But you know, other than that, I think the biggest thing that that probably a lot of narrators don't know about is two other services that leverage the the database of Findaway Voices within Findaway. So you know, I think we talked last time about Findaway. Findaway is a bigger company. Findaway Voices is our kind of self publishing arm. In our, our audiobook production arm, but right, yeah, I didn't realize that when I when I first talked to you guys at APAC, um, and then I I learned quickly that Findaway has been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, it's been over fifteen years now, mm -hmm. and we've been in the audiobook game the entire time. Uh, but it's just Findaway Voices is the first time you've probably heard of us because right. before that we we were behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. We power with we have a brand called Audio Engine uh, that powers a lot of the audiobook retailers in the world with the catalog that we have. Uh, and finally, Voices leverages that internally for distribution. That's why we can add so many retailers uh, and 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 keep maintaining all of those distribution pipes and everything so well. Mm -hmm. um, and and we were actually, you know, we started with a physical product business that's still around today and still growing in the the Playaway business. Yeah, so you may recall, have heard of us that, through Playaway. Yeah, I, I, as I recall, that was um, used uh, to um, to the great benefit of uh, the military. Yes. Yep, the uh, U.S. military and libraries all across the U.S. Um, are are the two biggest customers uh, mm -hmm. for Playaway, and because it circulates really well, right? It's like uh, you can run a tank over this thing, and it's still going to play. And all it needs <laughs> is, a, is a is a single little battery, and there's no Wi-Fi, and there's no connectivity, and there's no security issues, and like um, it's just it's just a great like little audiobook player, mm -hmm. a little dumb device that does one thing really, really well. Mm -hmm. And it's actually found a new following, which is interesting, of, of people who want a distraction-free listening environment. And they say, if, when I listen on my phone, I'm getting Facebook pings and yeah. text messages, <laughs> and they're pulling me out of the story, and I want a, I want a device that is distraction-free. And so that. it's kind of amazing that 15 years ago, that started competing with CDs as being like, hey, you don't have to insert disc two, insert disc three now. Mm -hmm. It's all in one thing, but it's transformed into something different today that's still relevant. That's great. So, it's great that it's still doing well. Yeah, so so to get back to my point <laughs> about, uh, you know, before I started rambling on, Findaway is a bigger <laughs> company. It's not just Findaway Voices. So when a narrator signs up with Findaway Voices and fills out their narrator profile, uh, there's actually two more divisions of Findaway that uses that now um, that didn't exist the last time we were talking, Rich. Uh, so these are two businesses that have popped up in the last couple of years. One is AudioWorks, mm -hmm. which is a high-end production studio. So we're working with, you know, big five clients. We're working with retailers that want to do high-end productions, you know, uh, multi-narrator, full cast, celebrity productions, 
Um, we're doing a lot of high-end stuff and acting as the producer there. So mm-hmm. it's very different from Findaway Voices, right? Where the narr- it's a narrator-producer relationship. On Findaway Voices, you're, you are, as the narrator, uh, expected to deliver a finished product. So if you need editing, right. mastering, proofing, like that's on you. Audio works is different. We are actually the, the producer there. So we take a very different role, but we use the same pool of narrators mm-hmm. to pull from for casting. And then last year, we launched a publishing division called Orange Sky. And so we are starting to do some rights acquisitions and produce our own books. Uh, and internally, we, we leverage AudioWorks and in turn, those whole that whole narrator database list. So That's... when you sign up for Findway Voices, you're getting exposure to all of those things by default, not just author clients that are searching for you. So that's great to hear that explanation. I, I didn't quite understand that. I did a, um, I worked with Rin earlier this year on a, mm-hmm. on a title for Orange Sky. And I saw in her email signature, the, I think it, there was Audio Works or Orange Sky. And then I looked it up online and I saw the other one, either uh, one way or the other. And I thought, I, I don't quite understand the difference here. And then I never got a chance to explore it in more detail with Rin. We just kind of went forward with the project that I was working on. So hearing yeah. that explanation now, I, I completely understand um, how each one of those fits into the business. Yeah, and it, it works great, you know, from a, a uh, like a corporate synergy. I'm like mm-hmm. we're laughing at myself from saying those like businessy buzzwords right. as, even before they come out. But right, like, but I but it I totally all works get together that. And, yeah. it, and there's really there's it's a harmonious relationship where we're able to leverage this great talent pool of narrators and say like, hey, we have like let's do more with this. Like let's give narrators more work. Like let's really find some other ways to enter the the business and make some value for the whole industry. Uh, and it's awesome being able to work with narrators like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that sounds great. Well, it sounds like things have been have been going gangbusters. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was, you know, as narrators, we we kind of network with one another and and um, talk about our various experiences. And it seems to me that that late last year, maybe early this year, I don't remember the exact time frame. There was a little bit of of chatter in in narrator groups about. Um, some problems that they were experiencing with find a way in terms of delays, having trouble communicating was, was there something specifically going on at, at that time? Was it just a matter of the fact that these new divisions, these new departments were starting? Um, what, what was going on that was, uh, causing a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of difficulty getting, sure. getting things completed. Sure. I, I appreciate how delicately you put that. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was early this year and, and yeah, it may have started a, uh, late last year. So your time frame is right there. It, it was a culmination of a couple things. One was, uh, a spike in volume that we weren't expecting and that we weren't staffed up for. So that was a little bit of a problem. The other thing is it, for the past two or three years, we've really been rebuilding a lot of internal systems to be able to handle the scale and to automate a lot of things because, uh, like most startups, when you when you launch a new business, you're just going to do a lot of things manually because you're not sure yet what's going to stick, what's not. Right. And and invoicing and billing was one of the things that we had tackled manually early on. And so we needed a lot of infrastructure built to help make that go fast because we want, you know, we, we know how important paying on time is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so what what uh, the time frame that you are describing was a time where we had just implemented a new system that ended up making some things fall through the cracks. Yeah. And we and we had some manual audits that caught it, but not fast enough to be able to make our timeline uh, for the guaranteed payment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it affected 
five ten percent of the of the th- of the narrators that we worked with at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was you know that's that's ninety five percent is not good enough. <laughs> it yeah, has to and- be a hundred percent, and we acknowledge that. And we've been doing a lot lot better, and those systems have been a lot more resilient. So I don't I don't imagine that you have heard that from anyone in the last six months because. I'm not aware of a single payment that's gone out late in the last six months. No, and, and in fact, before scheduling this interview, I actually got online and I and I asked, um, you know, in in a couple of groups, or in in one group in particular, um, what are the experiences people are having lately? Because I remembered reading about that. I it wasn't a problem for me. Um, it it did take a little while to uh, hear back from Rin sometimes, but I could tell from what she was describing that she was just incredibly busy. I think that, you know, spooling up a lot of things was, uh, it was just stressful in terms of time management. In, but in any case, I didn't have a problem with the payment. And yet I remembered reading those things. And so I asked people, what's, what's happening lately? And uh, pretty much almost everybody replied, yeah, I've worked with them several times in, in the past few months. And it's always been great. Haven't had any problems at all. Um, so it's, it's good to know that there was something specific behind what was going on and, uh, and that that appears to have all been, um, been rectified. Yeah. We're always getting better. Uh, I, I've never promised anybody that we're going to be, uh, you know, without fault. Uh, sure, but, w- yeah. but when a mistake happens, we take it seriously and we, we staff up or we fix processes and we fix bugs and we make ourselves more resilient so that, um, the same, the same issue never happens twice. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's good. And it, and it sounds like, um, so what about volume? I mean, uh, you know, you, you experienced greater than expected volume. What's, how are things these days? Are things still growing in terms of not only the work through, or well, partially the work through Findaway Voices, as well as, um, Orange Sky and AudioWorks? What, what's the volume like? Yeah. Volume, volume just keeps increasing. It's been, it's been really good. (laughs) It keeps going up. That's the right direction for it to go. It has been pretty steady and predictable. Uh, you know, like we can, we can forecast the growth a lot better now than we had in the past. And part of that is a lot of the growth is from, you know, this publishing division that we have where we know what the acquisitions are going to be. We know the six, 12, 18 month roadmap ahead of time and the books that we're acquiring now and where they fall on the schedule. And so we're able to, we're able to really you know, anticipate a lot of the demand that's that's driven um, from that business. The audio works business is a little different, where it's um, you know some bulk deals will come to, come on our lap, and they'll be like, okay, we need two hundred books in in two months. It's like, <laughs> okay, uh, you know, or, or you know, that's illustrative. I don't uh, sure, yeah. It, it, it's it's a lot sometimes. Um, and then there's other ones that's that's maybe not a lot of books, but it's you know, celebrity production. It's really high urgency. We got to get this thing in and out the door really fast all hands on deck. So you're always getting thrown a curveball, but, but, um, but yeah, the growth is going in the right direction. That's and great. I think with, with marketplace, it's just going to attract so many more, uh, rights holders to the platform. I think it's going to really be an explosion then. So, so is that the case with Findaway voices as well in terms of the, uh, where narrators need to come up with fully produced audio? Is there, is there more and more happening there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for you guys. That's great. Well then, um, so Mark, since you mentioned marketplace, um, that I know is, is the next big thing at, at find a way. So, um, give me, give me like the, the brief elevator pitch before we go into, um, the, the details, what is marketplace? So marketplace, the elevator pitch is it's a series of tools that we're giving away for free that lets an author and a narrator run a production themselves without us sitting in the middle. 
So Find a Way Voices sits in the middle. Is that is that how it's different yes. then? Okay. Yeah. So so Find a Way Voices from the from the day we launched, we've done productions the same way. Marketplace is finally going to add a second option. So so Find a Way Voices, you know, sits in the middle, meaning the the author contracts with us, the narrator contracts with us. They're not they're not contracting directly together. Mm-hmm. So we sit in the middle and we protect both parties and we help make sure that everything goes smoothly and we have a production assistant assigned to every every book uh, that stays consistent from the time you're auditioning all the way through the payment at the very end and, and final approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's awesome for first-time authors who are really nervous to spend 1500 bucks. They want to know they have somebody in their corner. They don't know the narrator. They're, they're just wanting that little extra bit of assurance and us telling you, like, sure, they, hey, here, they... here's how you should be thinking about this review stage, or here's Here's how I think you should tweak that feedback to make it more productive. Like, right, because they they're totally unfamiliar with the process at all. Yeah, I've, or I've, I've or like with... you know the, the 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 deadline's coming up, and and we will reach out and touch base with the narrator a week before the deadline and say like, hey, we just want to make sure everything's on track. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the author doesn't need to worry about all that. So we sit in the middle, and in the cases where the author stiffs us and doesn't pay, the narrator still gets paid. That's happened a few times. Uh, and, and a narrator's never not been paid because we don't get paid. So we, we take, we assume that risk and sit in the middle and, and we really help both parties there. Yeah. But marketplace is taking that away and saying, this is going to be more like an ACX kind of experience where the author is going to find the narrator themselves. They're going to do their own casting. They're going to do their own auditions. And we have this whole set of tools, workflow tools that make sure the feedback is happening in the right order and make sure that the extended sample is getting uploaded and approved before the, the narrator's going into the booth. And here's where the final approval happens and all kinds of review tools and workflow tools to make sure that a book is done well and in the right order and, and, and provides guide rails, right? Mm-hmm. Without, without a, you know, a dedicated production assistant from Findaway, which adds cost on, onto the, the production. Got it. So I know that most of my my listeners are very familiar with ACX uh, as well mm-hmm. as Findaway Voices. So since you mentioned ACX, uh, there's been a lot. I've I've seen questions about whether Marketplace is the Findaway version of ACX or a competitor to ACX. How how do you see it exactly? Do you see it more as kind of like ACX, but with a few different specific differences for specific reasons, or yes, it's, we're definitely competing with ACX or how, how do you see that? That's a good question, man. I don't need, I don't think we're even in the same arena as them. I, I think, I think, uh, you will, I think, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about how to tactfully say this. Look, I, I think marketplace is the future of all author audiobook productions. I think you will look back in a couple of years and say, I can't believe we ever used anything other than Findaway Voices Marketplace. This is the new thing. This is the way it should be done. We didn't copy anybody. We started with a blank page, a totally clean slate. And we said everything that we've learned in the last couple of years, four years about making audiobooks, how do we build this into tools that we give away and to, to stimulate the entire industry, right? We mm-hmm. want more books made. That is the whole goal is we want to make this more accessible for everyone we want to be really free with terms and not lock anybody into anything. And um, the fact of the matter is ACX is a platform that serves the interests of a single retailer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and find a way. We sit in the middle of the entire audiobook industry. We are the most centrally located and strategically located audiobook partner of every single platform. And when we win, we grow the entire industry together. And I think that alone is a great 
uh, reason to want to align yourself uh, to find a way. But devoid of that, we're going to have the best tools, right? <laughs> when was the last time you've seen an update, uh, like a significant update on another platform? <laughs> it's probably, it's been a, probably about the last. There's not a whole lot of investment going in into those other platforms. And we, every single day, we are innovating, we are launching new features and products, and it's not going to stop. Yeah, so I'm, we are, we're we're going to be I'm not even in the, the same stratosphere. The last time I, I've seen an update on, I mean, I don't use ACX a whole lot anymore. I still do use it, um, but it's it's very um um what's what's the right word um i i make sure that i'm taking specific projects through acx rather than than looking all the time for for new stuff that's already there um i would say the the last time i have seen a major change in acx uh well maybe maybe once since the last time we spoke <laughs> so it's uh, it's not not getting updated too often that's for sure yeah and I think it's it's evidenced even in just what you've seen so far from Marketplace, right? Because the whole the, the the whole workflow tools are not released yet; those are not out there for authors. What we've launched first is the narrator profiles, the public profiles, because our our narrator database has always been private as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like the only way that an author could see a narrator is if we put them on a casting list. It was a very controlled experience. There was not any open sorting, searching, filtering, but Marketplace is bringing that. And if you look at somebody's profile side by side, Findaway Voices and literally any other platform in the world, it is a night and day difference of like, how do you want to be presented to a potential client? We've, we've, it, it looks beautiful. If you haven't seen too many, I would start asking around because there is no searching. You can't like, you can't go on the website and find one. But what you can do right now is start asking around to other narrators and seeing what they've done with these pages. And they are beautiful. And there are so many cool things uh, in, in ways that you can present yourself and your samples. And we have this idea of the uh, an audio introduction, right? So right up by your profile image at the top, there's a little play button. And we're saying, uh, uh, um, hey, uh, most platforms just want you to upload work samples, right? Mm -hmm. What Like before I get to that, I want to know more about you. I want to know more about Rich and what makes Rich tick and why you love narrating so much. And so we give everybody this, this very brief 30-second introduction where Rich gets to introduce Rich in the medium that is most comfortable to you, which is your voice, right? I'm not reading a bio. I'm not looking at text. I'm listening to you say, hey, I'm Rich Miller, and I've been narrating for X years, and I'm an uh, you know, award-winning uh, lover of the, these genres. And it's, it, it kicks off that experience right at the top of the page with a big dose of personalization and emotion that, hit, that hits people. We've already heard really, really good feedback about how this sets the tone of the entire page. That's great because um, it seems like you're starting more with a conversation, albeit one-sided, but a conversation rather than listen to this that I did, listen to that that I did, and then then you can listen to what I did and you can say, well, this is how he sounds like as a person and this is how he sounds like as a narrator. Sounds great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Plus it just, it gives more context, right? Because the work sample is great, but in the it's even better in the context of who Rich is and who, what makes Rich tick. And if I get that first, I feel more emotionally connected. And it's crazy to me that no other platform does this. I'm sure it'll be copied <laughs> before long because it, it is like it's one of those things that we've gotten way more feedback on than we expected to when we were building it. It just seemed like a little thing that was obvious to do. But people people have really given us great feedback on that. And so, you know, it, it's it's little things like that that add up to a big whole picture where uh, I, I see new narrators using um, marketplace profiles as their website. Like, I don't have a website yet, but this is good enough. 
And, you know, our position is not, uh, well, the only way to, <laughs> the only way to do a production is with find way voices. Like we're going to, we're going to shove you in our ecosystem and you're not allowed out. No, if you like, if you find somebody on, on marketplace by browsing the profile and you want to contact them elsewhere, cool, do it. Yeah, you're not locked uh, in. That's you make great. A, you make a book with marketplace. Do you have to distribute to find a way? Nope. Nope. That's you great. do whatever you want with that book. We, we are giving away these tools totally for free. Uh, and we just want to stimulate the whole industry. So I'm really excited to see what this does. So, sounds like a, a rising tide lifts all boats kind of uh, kind of approach. That's always been Findaway's approach, right? Yeah. We have 40 partners, and that's what we do. We we provide the catalog and the listening technology to any startup who wants to to build up an audiobook platform or add audiobooks to their existing um, their existing service, like Script did many years ago. They were doing ebooks and they wanted to add audiobooks. Google wanted to add audiobooks. You know, they're using us. They're um, all these services use us, and we've always had that mentality of let's get all the books everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so sounds great so far. So, the, so you said that it is not currently searchable, right? So we're so, we're so launching in two you? phases. Okay, that's what I was going to say. What what um how how would you describe where marketplace is at right now? Right. So we we have about fifteen thousand narrators that have signed up with Findaway Voices that we have in the database. But the way we have onboarded them leaves us with a lot less information than we need to have to fill out these profiles. So we need we need narrators to come in and build their narrator profiles and fill them out to be able to open them up to this kind of sorting, searching, and filtering that we really aspire to have for authors. And we don't want to open that up to, to authors to search until there's a critical mass of narrators, right? I don't want any, I, I don't want yeah, any authors. authors first. Uh, yeah. Authors are going to be really upset if they say, Oh, there, here's this new tool. And they, they do a search on, I don't know, deep voice and they come up with two answers. It, yeah. Or zero. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want any author's first experience with, with marketplace to be a zero search result Got it. experience. So we are waiting until we have enough narrators that have upgraded their profiles and, and we are finishing up some technology on the other side too. So it, it lines up nicely and we're on track uh, for late this year, early next year, uh, launching the full experience of Marketplace. But this is why we're launching in two phases. So it's open for narrators right now to build their profiles. You do get a public link. That public link can't do like can't do much. There's no action to like start a production from that right now. We are adding the ability to uh, do one nice thing uh, with it. So when you share it, you know, Rich, if you get your page and you share it with your audience, or you have it on your Twitter bio link or whatever, somebody finds it, they can add you to an existing casting list. Now, this is still the same production flow that we've always done before with the managed productions. You have a you know production manager that helps you through, and there is some find-a-way markup on top of that because of all the services we we offer there. But it it is a, an action that can happen ahead of Marketplace opening up. And then when Marketplace opens up, it'll be, do you want to add to a casting list or do you want to start a Marketplace production will be Got the it. two main main calls to action. So so yeah, you can get your URL now as a narrator. You can start sharing it. You can start using it, getting feedback from authors, other narrators. And look, when when Marketplace opens up, there's going to be a ton of attention. There's going to be a ton of authors searching. And there's not going to be 15,000 narrators on it. We're not going to convert everybody, right? So it's it's a moment as a narrator where if you have been frustrated or disappointed that you've never gotten an audition from Findaway Voices, you've been signed up for a long time. Well, this is this is a whole new start. And this is a, a point where you're going to be a big fish in a small pond um, because the narrator database is only going to keep growing. It's never going to be smaller than the day we launch. So right. it, it's a it's a good thing if you are 
you know, find the time. <laughs> so are you, <laughs> the, the TLDR is find the time and, and publish your profile. Be ready. So that's a, that's, um, leads me to what I was going to ask anyway, the, in terms of finding the time to, to do this, you mentioned that you are not going to be converting all 15,000. Are you doing some, I mean, what's the, it, take me. So I am, yeah. I have been with Findaway Voices pretty much since the beginning. So I have a presence on Findaway Voices. If I have not gone to Marketplace yet, do I have a presence there? No. So, so it, it is absolutely up to me to do something before I will be searchable to authors yes. through Marketplace. I, there, there isn't any, anything automatic happening behind the scenes. This is completely separate and I have to do something. That's correct. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, you know, you've never had a public profile before. So I don't want to surprise you, <laughs> you know, with surprise, this information that you entered four years ago and is now stale is, is now visible to the world. And, and you <laughs> I appreciate you that. Right? Thank you, Will. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't want to surprise anyone like that. But the other thing is there's a lot more information on these new profiles that we just don't have from you. Mm. We want a banner image. We want this audio introduction from you. There's there's many more slots for samples, different ways to tag your samples, ways to classify your voice. There's there's even places to put in your equipment and, and see like what equipment people use, if that's important to you. Um, there's places to put in your awards. We have stats that generate to show um, how many books you've recorded with us, how many minutes you've recorded with us. There's some really cool stuff. So I need you to go through that process. Oh, and pick your URL, you know, pick your slug. Cause you'll, it's not just a, like a random number. It's going to look like my.findawayvoices.com slash narrator slash rich hyphen Miller. Oh, uh, and great. you're going to have like a really pretty URL that even before somebody clicks on it, they're going to know that this is your profile. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff, data collection that we need you to layer on as well before we can, we can build the kind of profile that we want to build. Makes sense. Um, I had a question there and, and I lost it. Um, oh, so, so I am, I have been with Findaway Voices for several years. What about somebody who has never signed up with Findaway Voices? Can they sign up for Marketplace or do they have to sign up with Findaway Voices first or do you have to do both at the same time or how does that work? Oh yeah. Good question. So it's all the same website. It's all the same domain. There's, it's not like a separate service that you sign up for, but so Rich, as a, as somebody who's been on the the platform before you would just need to sign in to your findaway voices account and you won't be able to miss it it's the first thing you're going to see a pop-up you're going to see it on your main page upgrade your profile now and it's going to it's going to you know take you through that process for somebody who's signing up brand new that's never worked with findaway voices before it's just the new default right okay. because everything's back compatible everything that the, the new profile takes over your old profile because it has all the same information as before but a whole bunch more layered on top so the default going forward, everybody will be setting up their narrator profile or their marketplace profile. And then that will still filter in all of the information back to our casting teams for the normal productions and casting lists for the audio, audio works team for the orange sky team. Uh, marketplace profiles are the, the new standard that are, I guess, internally back compatible. Got it. Right. Okay. So all the old services can still tap into them. Right. So anybody who's signing up now will be signing up for marketplace, but they will also be available for the casting. Yeah. Through the other yeah. services that you, yep. that you somebody, somebody who signs up now won't even know that there used to be an old, old janky profile. <laughs> it's just the new hotness. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, so you anticipate that this will be open to authors, uh, end of this year, early next year. Um, at that point, how, uh, how will it work? So you want to enter into an author wants to enter into, into a production. They do a search, they find kind of what they're looking for. 
Then what happens? Next is auditions. So we have a audition functionality that will send you, you know, as the narrator, you'll get uh, information about the project. You'll get copies of the manuscript. You'll get the section of text that they'd like to read and a, you know, a deadline for when they're expecting the, the auditions back. Uh, and then the, the author will review the auditions, you know, make a, make a decision. And then there's, um, there's a, there's a concept that we're calling like production terms where each side will fill in an agreement that you know, we both agree to this rate. We both agree to these deadlines. The contract will be handled by you two directly. Uh, and we do recommend everybody have a contract. Don't, don't just like freewheel this and, and cross your fingers and hope like a good, good production uh, professional one should have a contract behind it, but that'll mm -hmm. be up to the two parties uh, to work out all the particular details. And then, okay. you know, well, what, like, and, and then it follows, before, follows the, before yeah, you go ahead. on, let me, let me ask a question about the audition process. So the way you described it, it sounded like it was the author has done a search. They found some narrators and they say, okay, for these 10 narrators, I want to hear auditions. Is that, mm -hmm. is that kind of what you're describing? Yes, it is. So, the author is searching for the narrator. They're not, the author's not posting a project and letting narrators come to them. So that was my question. So one of the, one of the aspects of ACX is the ability to go on the ACX site and say, okay, what projects are posted where they're not sending a request to a specific narrator so that I can just send in an audition. And then the author gets inundated with two, five, three, thirty. 500, whatever it is, <laughs> auditions. Yep. Um, and so the, is, is, it, is there a plan that that is going to be an aspect of Marketplace or not? We were aware of that feature on ACX and we are not launching with it, but we are going to listen for feedback about it from both authors and narrators to see if it's something that actually should be built. Okay. And we really are taking a, a blank page approach with the entire, the entire thought process behind Marketplace and we're not, we're not copying anything. And I'm not sure, and maybe you have a different perspective on this, but I'm not sure how many super high quality productions use that pattern. I'm not sure if that's really something that's a good pattern to keep propelling into the industry or not. My, I'm, my, my, my mind is open to it. My, my perception is that a small percentage go that route. Um, that's a, that's a very limited perspective. I'm, I'm not, you know, small percentage of narrators, no, a, or authors? no, a, a small percentage of projects are, you know, very high quality projects, um, mm -hmm. where the author posts the book for anybody to audition. Um, I, and I'm, I'm not stating that as a fact. That is just my perception of what happens on ACX. Other people might have completely different experiences. Um, they may have found many more projects than I have when I have searched through ACX that they would consider high quality. Of course, high quality is also a very subjective term. It, sure. it, it depends on what people are looking for. And yeah, I, I think where it where it really where it really shines, where the real value in it is, is it gives a sense of control and uh, I don't know what the term the right term is go getterness <laughs> for for an author who does not have their next book booked out, mm -hmm. right? They don't know where their next job is coming from. It gives them a sense of control to be able to look through a catalog and start auditioning proactively instead of waiting for someone to come to them. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure that that's the most effective way to, to implement that. And mm -hmm. so we're just, we're just being really open to it. It might happen, right? Like six months from now, you might have that exact feature that I'm saying, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to, uh, like, I'm not sure we're going to build. It might be there. 
it's sure, all no, based I, on what the the customers tell us. Yeah, so. I, I appreciate the fact that you are looking for feedback on whether or not that is something that people would look for. Um, like I said, my my perspective is just one guy's opinion based on my own very very limited experience <laughs> of going sure. through ACX. But um, I spent a lot of time searching through stuff, and and it took me a little while to get to know what I was looking for. Um, I, I certainly don't mean that as a way to denigrate authors or narrators who have projects that end up never selling well or that aren't that well written. Um, there there are reasons other than financial to enter into an agreement to do something. Mm-hmm. And and I uh, have several books that did not sell well, but I am really happy that I did for for a number of reasons. So there are a lot of different reasons that, that people enter into agreements to do work like this. And so I, I don't mean to denigrate anybody or imply that, well, you know, that wasn't high quality. I mean, uh, you know, people have sure. different ideas about, about what fits. So it'll be interesting Absolutely. to see. I think, I think we both generalized quite a bit there. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree with what you just said. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, certainly if you've ever posted a project on ACX as an author, I'm not, I'm not labeling your book as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm very curious to see what kind of feedback you do get on on what people might be interested in seeing and if that's one of the one of the things that ends up happening. So I, I kind of uh, backtracked there to the audition process. So then after the author uh, in, in this first implementation uh, decides who they want to audition, they get their auditions, they enter into an agreement, what happens next? So next is the extended sample phase. So, the, you know, generally about 15 minutes. And this is where the subjective feedback happens, the, you know, um, uh, well, I think I think most of the narrators on the, uh, listening to this will probably know what the extended sample is. So I don't think I need mm-hmm. to define it. But yeah. but we are giving uh, you know we're giving real good direction and and guide rails for the author on what kind of feedback to provide here. And we're giving the narrator place to upload the, you know the file. And we have this really nice uh, time stamped commenting feature, so you can you can kind of mark on the timeline exactly what piece of of the audio you are commenting on. Mm. Instead of like trying to describe it out, so there's some really like sexy tools around that for the review phase. That's cool. Um, and then once the extended sample is agreed upon, then you know full production happens, and the narrator and the author have the the freedom to decide how the files come back, one chapter at a time or all at once. You know, you kind of decide on that together, and and there's no you know strict guide rails around that because we've seen both ways work really well before. It's kind of just a matter of preference. Yeah, that's a that's a that's always a, a hot topic <laughs> among yeah. narrators about. Well, the author wants it chapter by chapter. No, you should never do that. I've done that for my entire career. I mean, you get uh, you get people on on both sides of that. I uh, yeah, I've, the, I've, I mean, I've heard you, all the arguments. The the fact is, you know, you can have a great production that goes either way, and you can have a production that is miserable that goes either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it it and it really it's it's a good point of contact and discussion to, to make sure that you're figuring out with the author ahead of time, because the only time it really is a problem is when the expectations are misaligned. Yeah. If you're expecting every, every file at once and you're like, what, what the heck is this narrator doing? This is taking forever. And then boom, the whole book drops. You're like, Oh, well that's why, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's all about expectations and communication. So yep. I, you like know, the most communication is what we're like most things in life. Yeah. yeah. So we've taken a, a, a strong, uh, a strong look at all of the communication points that result in a good audiobook, and then we've we've kind of coded those in and and made sure that they're you can skip some steps too, but both both parties need to agree to skip a step, right? Like, mm. um, not a good idea to skip the audition process, but if you know the narrator that you want, and you want to skip that, cool, go for it. Agree on your terms and just start the product, start the extended sample right away. So speaking so. of speaking of communication of expectations. 
Mm-hmm. What is the communication process? I'm sure that you're aware that ACX has a messaging system. Is there an internal system within Marketplace or are you expected to do all communications external through email or phone or however you decide or, or what's the what are the options? Yeah, no, everything is built into Marketplace in the platform and, and we will recommend that everybody does stick completely to there. We require it for the productions that we do today. It'll be less of a re- like hard requirement for marketplace, but it's more of a recommendation because, uh, you know, another thing that we have trust is a big pillar of our strategy with marketplace. Like any marketplace that's going to succeed needs to be able, uh, to inspire trust in both parties that are working together. Mm -hmm. And so we have, we have like a, you know, emergency help button (laughs) on the page for both parties. Like something's going terribly wrong here. Findaway needs to know about this, uh, at any step in the production process. And if we need to step in and review something, it's, impossible if it's locked up in your email boxes but if we can look and we can see the back and forth and oh boy that feedback was really you know unnecessarily rude (laughs) or or, you know whatever it is if we can see it then we can help if we can't see it i'm not going to ask for your chat transcripts and you know uh i you know like your text message transcripts or your your email inbox or anything like that um so we we want we i think it's best if everybody keeps it in the in the platform okay Sounds good. So then you decide on on production stuff. Um, then what happens once everything is done and the files are completed? Are they uploaded to Marketplace or are they sent directly to the author? Yeah, they're, yeah. Marketplace is really, you can think of it just like a really big workflow page that has kind of collapsing sections. And whatever stage of the production you're on is the section that's that's active at that point. So it kind of shows you where you are in the process linearly. Um, while keeping you focused on just the task at hand, but also getting a peek at what's coming next. So, so, uh, after final review, you know, you might go back and forth and do some revisions and everything. Then, uh, the author accepts the audiobook and marks that payment is sent. Uh, we will have, uh, the option to run payment through Findaway if you'd prefer to do that. So we will process the credit card. We will pay the narrator into their account and then, you know, the narrator will get a 1099 or whatever your tax form in your country is at the end of the year, and we'll do all the kind of IRS filings and stuff for you. Uh, that will be optional. If you want to run payment directly between the two parties, that'll be totally fine. If you run payment through us, there will be a 3% charge on each side um, because it's not free to run a credit card mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and it's not free to issue payments and it's not free to do all the tax filings and stuff. So we kept that really as low as we possibly could, 3% on each side. You know, we're not making money there. It's just covering the expenses basically, mm-hmm. um, but totally optional. Uh, and if you don't use payment for us, the entire process is is completely free from a, a find-away perspective. Obviously, you're still paying for the narration. You're paying right. the narrator. So we're right. always careful about when we say Marketplace is free. It's not free audiobooks. It just means that we're not charging for the tools. Right. right? So so then, our, uh, going back to the files, you've completed everything. They've they've listened to stuff. So that's all been uploaded. And they've yep. approved. And then they've paid. So at that point, the audio files for the audiobooks are uploaded in Marketplace? Uh, yes, the audio files are there. Once the narrator confirms that they have received payment, then the files are unlocked for the author to download and do what they want or to continue to our distribution service. Okay, so that was, um, now that we've gotten to the to the end of the process, then they can go, an author can go through this and say, great, I used Findaway's Marketplace feature. Now I'm not distributing through Marketplace. I'm taking these files and I'm putting them on CDs or I'm going through Audible directly or however it is that they, whoever it is that they know that they can set up distribution. It's totally up to them. It is. Yeah, we're not locking people in. But find a way is one of the options. 
Oh yes. So then at that, uh, so so uh, if they... like it's going to be really easy to to like one click to keep going to distribution, right? It, and and we want to make it easy, and we know we know from the productions that we've been doing for four years that when somebody produces with us, it's they they distribute with us, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the distribution is is where we really want to help grow the industry. We want more books made. Uh, so distribution is the focus, but I don't believe that the best way to get the most uh, titles into our distribution network is to require that they're in our distribution network because then we're losing out on a ton of volume and people that are getting familiar with Marketplace. So uh, we're not locking anybody in. Yes, if you do a production through Marketplace, use all of our tools for free and then download the books and take them exclusive to Audible, that is allowed. Okay. I think you're making a huge mistake, <laughs> but that is allowed and we're not putting handcuffs on you just because you're using Marketplace. So we've we've really built this tool for the entire industry. We want to grow the whole industry and and my belief is if you do that and you go exclusive, you'll be back soon enough. The industry is trending in the right direction that it it's going to it's not going to make any business sense to go exclusive with any book it with, you know, in the in in the near future. Right. It just the the industry is trending that way uh, and it's already so much more profitable for so many authors to go wide. They're they're seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I've seen lots I of comments online from authors about going wide, and yeah, it, it definitely it's seems great. to be the the trend that I, seems to be the trend that I've seen. Although again, my experience is extremely limited, so can't say for sure. But um, sounds like that's what you're saying. So it yeah. sounds from from everything that you've talked about, it's about the the author paying the narrator. Any uh, royalty share options? Uh, not at the start. Uh, and it probably won't be baked into a marketplace in a really, uh, in a, in a way like ACX. Um, if that's kind of your reference point mm-hmm. for there, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't ever want to support uh, $0 upfront royalty shares. I believe a hybrid royalty share is a much more fair way to do royalty share. And I'm not sure that, uh, no upfront royalty shares are really helping the industry in any significant way. I know a lot uh, of people I, who'd agree with you. Yeah, and and I also think that if if you've looked at a lot of problems in the industry and all of the fraud and the the bad actors getting books produced of books that aren't theirs and everything, which we've been obviously keeping a close eye on that as we're building a marketplace, a lot of that is fueled by the fact that there is no cost up front. Like there's no risk. You're not put you're not paying money to make these books. So there's right. no risk for a bad actor. And I just think it, it attracts uh, a lot of bad actors in that way that is not does not make for a healthy marketplace. So if we do royalty shares, I think you'll you'll find it a little bit disconnected from uh, marketplace and much more on the distribution side, where you are saying, as you are about to distribute a book, I would like to share the royalties with this other party. Maybe it's another author, a co-author. Maybe it's a narrator. Maybe it's more than more than two parties. But you're going to say like, hey, I want to split the, the royalties from this in this way, and then. I don't believe that there should be like a locked in term either. I think it's as long as all parties need to go into it. And then if all parties agree to come out of it, then it stops. Mm-hmm. But as, so it's almost like, you know, Rich, you and I are going into a royalty share. We each get one key to the nuclear reactor. And we both, <laughs> if we want to blow up this agreement, we both have to insert the key and turn it at the same time. Like that's right. And then we're out of the royalty share. But if, if I want out and you don't, oh, well, it continues. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's how it should go. And it's not a, it's not about setting a certain number of years terms. It's about do both parties want in or not. Uh, and so I think you'll see that disconnected from from marketplace where there might be something like, hey, uh, I, I I agree to sharing royalties with you later. So let's lower the rate now. Uh, and maybe there's some way that we help to enforce that. But because 
because we're not requiring distribution, some things would have to change in that mm. in that regard, right? Because right. you can't, you wouldn't want to lower your rate on the promise of splitting royalties, and then they take the book and go exclusive to ACX, right. and then like you can't set it like, you know, you can't set up a royalty share there unless you've gone through it. There's there's just some considerations. Um, there are, but, that's... but, but I, as you can hear, I've thought through this a lot. <laughs> I don't have any, none of what I just said was a promise that any of that will happen. It's mm -hmm. just for you, Rich and your audience, I'm, I'm giving a peek into kind of how I'm thinking about royalty share and I haven't made any decisions yet. I think something will come at some point, but I want to do it in a, in a new way mm -hmm. that makes it more fair for everybody. No, that's good. Um, you know, unless you have something like the way that ACX was set up for, 50-50 from now and forever or for seven years or whatever it is that, that you decide on. Um, it's there, A lot of trust needs to be involved. I've, I've talked to multiple narrators about the possibility of doing a project that it, now Spoken Realms has their own way of doing this, which, which is a very good way, but um, about the possibility of just the two of us as narrators, one of us being a contact through ACX and setting it up as a royalty share and then paying the other narrator Sure, you can mm. do it that way, but you got to have a lot of trust. You you have yeah. to have people who, uh, you know, either you're going to be sending them the statements or they're just going to trust you to the point where it's not a problem. Um, sure, I I believe that whatever you send me every month is one half of what the royalties are or one third yep. or whatever you agree to. So there has to be a lot of trust there. Um, it it does seem to me like it's it's an area that's kind of fraught. If uh, <laughs> if if you don't do it just right, there's a lot of um, potential for disaster. <laughs> yeah. So if we do it, we'll do it in a really thoughtful way. And, and actually to that other point, you know, the 50, 50, that's so silly. Like it should be whatever. If we agree to 90, right, 10, whatever you decide, 80, 20, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, you know, we're not, if we do that, there will not be a set, like one royalty share percentage either, because we want to give people the freedom to make their own custom deals and like figure out what works for you. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, there is an opportunity to really reinvent royalty share in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, so if we do something, you, you can be assured that it will be thoughtful and yeah. different from what's out there today. <laughs> no, that's good. It, it sounds like, uh, it absolutely sounds like that you and and uh, whoever it is that you've been working with at Find A Way have put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's great. So that sounds like the the whole process. There wasn't anything that, that um, I heard that made me think, well, wait a minute, uh, that I didn't get a chance to ask about, what else would you want to say about Marketplace um, before we leave it? Yeah, I, I would I would encourage, I would just re reiterate that it, this is the time to set up your narrator profile. If, if you're a narrator listening to this and you don't have a profile in Findaway, or if you haven't upgraded your existing one, you should, you should run to your computer right now to do it. Um, because when we open this up for authors, uh, you will be more visible on this platform than you've ever been. That's a, that's a great, uh, very brief way to put that with at the very end, the perfect reason to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds great. I, I have seen people posting online that they have, uh, just, just put together or just finished, uh, putting together their, their marketplace profile. Um, have you seen so far, I know that you've, you've talked quite a bit on clubhouse and, uh, and other platforms about marketplace. Have you seen, uh, an uptick in activity of, of narrators doing just that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been thrilled with how engaged the narrators have been. It's been really exciting. And, and, and some of the coolest stuff is, you know, we've built these tools to build this, this page 
And as you're building this, you're, you're doing market research, you're, you're doing user testing. We, we pulled in a bunch of narrators to actually build their profiles for us and see how they're doing it and everything. But until you put it out in the wild, you don't actually know what these real, real profiles are going to look like. And they look so much better than any of our mock-ups. And that has been so exciting for me to see. Uh, you know, I always imagined like the header banner image. You know, it's like the Twitter banner, basically, mm -hmm. for, your, for your page. I always imagined that'd be like a picture of you, Rich, in your booth. Uh, next to a microphone speaking passionately or something like that. <laughs> and, and 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 narrators have actually gravitated towards, actually, I'm going to do a mosaic of book titles of all of the books that I'm most proud of being a part of. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's that looks really good. And that's a great, impactful way to start this off. And some of the ways people have used their audio introduction have been fantastic, too. And it's so it's such a cool feeling uh, from a you know builder's perspective, somebody who's building a tool and putting it out in the world to see it being used in other better ways than you even imagined. Oh, that's and that's great. been that's been really, really fun. So I would encourage narrators too, when you get your profile done, go in these Facebook groups and go in your your networks and share it with other people and get some feedback on how to make it better. Right. Like you have a month or two to to refine this. Maybe even send it to some authors you've worked with before and say, like, hey, if this was your first introduction to me, would you hire me? Would you like what 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 about here is really good? What's bad? And Use this as a time to really refine and hone those profiles. You know, don't go overboard. Don't spend 50 hours on it. Like, you got a job to do, right? But um, but it's a cool tool, and if you spend some time on it, you'll really stand out when when Marketplace launches. Yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying. It's a, it's a good time to do it now because right now nobody is seeing it, so get some feedback first and make sure that it's, um, it's primo right before it goes up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, that sounds great, Will. I'm so glad that uh, that we had a chance to talk about Marketplace. That's way more than I have heard. Like I said, I'm not on Clubhouse yet, maybe someday. But um, <laughs> actually, this this whole conversation is making me think, just based on what you said about about Clubhouse earlier, um, that it's probably about time that I that I check that out. Um, but uh, I have not gone yet to update my profile. Now I, I definitely will. It's it's great to hear. Um, the specifics about, you know, not just update your profile, but this is why and, yeah. uh, and what, what a difference it will potentially make in the future. Yeah. We're so excited about it. I think it's really going to shake up the audiobook industry. It's going to change the default place that you want to make a production. Uh, the tools we've built are, I'm so proud of the team and everybody that's, that's worked on this. Uh, and I can't wait for everybody to really start using it because it's going to be fantastic. That's great. That's great. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Where can people find you if they want to uh, look up Find A Way, Find A Way Voices, Orange Sky Productions, AudioWorks, Marketplace? Yeah, the, the best place to start is findawayvoices.com. And you'll find everything you need to know from there. Uh, and if you have any questions and you'd rather, you know, just reach out to our team, we'd love to hear from you. And that's uh, support at findawayvoices.com is how you get a hold of us there. Okay, that's great. What about you personally? Do you have? Uh, are you on social media as, as either yourself or as a representative of Findaway? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any as a representative of Findaway personal accounts. So it's probably best to um, just connect with us through the uh, the official Findaway Voices channels. We're at Findaway Voices on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and uh, we have we have a good presence there. And oh, I forgot to mention, we've been on Instagram. We have been regularly fe featuring several narrator profiles a week. Oh, that's great. Um, so if you want to, if you, if you're thinking about doing it and you're not sure you, you don't know any other narrators who have done it and you just don't know what a great profile looks like, check out our Instagram stories. And, and every other day we're, we're posting a, a narrator profile that we think is great. And then we're kind of doing a little showdown at the end of the week to vote for your favorite one and, and send in some, some 
nice gifts to those those narrators. So yes. you might get featured and you can use that as inspiration too if you're kind of looking for some ideas. Yeah, I will definitely do that. Um, I don't I don't use Instagram too often, but um, I'll definitely definitely check out what's there. Um, awesome. Well, that's great. Will, thanks so much for coming in. I hope the uh, the tea was as good as it was almost four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fresh batch. It was enough. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm, tea, I'm, yeah. I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> Always a great time talking to you, Rich. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Well, that's it for tonight. Many thanks to Will Degas for stopping in again. I appreciated hearing how Findaway Voices has changed since the last time he was in. I definitely got a good sense of how Marketplace is going to work, and I hope you did too. As always, you can find the audiobook speakeasy on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all the usual apps. And you can find me at richvoiceproductions.com, where I've got some samples and links to audiobooks I've narrated, and where I'm also posting episodes of the audiobook speakeasy. If you're enjoying our speakeasy chats, please take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying them, please find a podcast you do enjoy and leave them a review. Special shout out tonight to hashtag She's so Jersey for leaving a very nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know a few people from New Jersey, and I might know who this is, but no matter who it is, I certainly appreciate the kind words. If you think this show is educational, entertaining, or valuable simply because it gives you an excuse to sit down and enjoy a cocktail in an otherwise hectic day, I'd really appreciate it if you'd add a buck or two to the tip jar. You can make a per-episode donation by signing up at patreon.com slash audiobookspeakeasy, or you can make a one-time donation by visiting paypal.me slash audiobookspeakeasy. Any financial support is greatly appreciated as it helps me keep the lights on here in the speakeasy. Until we see you here in the speakeasy again, I hope you can find some time to enjoy an audiobook. Cheers! Cheers!